You're listening to the Bitcoin.com podcast. Our guest today is Bradley Kim, co-founder of Unstoppable Domains. Support for this episode is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Take it from me, the host of the Bitcoin.com podcast. This is the only trimmer I trust for my family jewels. It can be used in the shower, has an LED light, and a 90-minute battery life. You can order yours at manscaped.com and get 20% off plus free shipping with the code BCH or XRP. Your family jewels will thank you too. I'm your host, Dustin Planthold. Join us as we dive into the world of economics, politics, tech, Bitcoin, and cryptocurrency. For even more crypto-related news, sign up at news.bitcoin.com or follow us on Twitter at Bitcoin.com. Now let's bring on our guest. Welcome to the Bitcoin.com podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So Unstoppable Domains, I've heard the name, I've seen it online. Who is Unstoppable Domains or what is? So we believe that the internet is broken centralized and needs to be fixed, saved by decentralized tech. And so we're out to try to onboard the world to the decentralized web, one where when you have a website, only you, the owner of it, can put it up or take it down. So we have been building technology to, to make this happen. Now, so when we talk about being able to put it up or take it down, you're telling me that there's no outside party that can come in and strip it away or or knock it offline? Yeah, and so the way that the, the way that it works with a traditional website is you've got a domain name stored with GoDaddy or, or whatever. That domain name is stored by them. They can just take that domain name away from you if they want. Uh, and then your content is stored on a hosting service like Amazon Web Services, and they can just turn you off whenever they want, and uh, it happens. You know, in the U.S., it's, you know, maybe not quite as big of a problem. There's definitely some issues, but not quite as big of a problem. But around the world, uh, this happens all the time. If you say something that a powerful person doesn't like, uh, that website's going down. If you do something that somebody believes is immoral, uh, even if it's not illegal, that website could go down. Now, that's a great way of putting it. Now, some of the people we've had on the show, one in particular said that every person deserves the right to privacy. So what you're suggesting is anybody that decides I'm going to start a website and I'm not breaking any laws in the country that I live in, but there should be no interference where someone else can take it down if they don't like what I'm saying. Is that correct? Yeah, that's it. That, that kind of sums it up. Now, when did you, when did you guys got, get started? I mean, how long have you been in business? Uh, we got started in January of 2018. Uh, we started selling domains in March of 2019. And so our business, the best way to think about it is we are a mixture of .com. So we have our own domain registries uh, called .crypto and .zill. We have our own GoDaddy-like website, unstoppabledomains.com, where you can go and you can buy domains and you can manage them and you can build websites. And then we've got a marketplace where you can go and find website tools. It's kind of like uh, decentralized Shopify for you to be able to easily launch websites and web applications on the decentralized web. And what we're using is primarily we're using blockchains and you launch your domain name as part of a smart, as part of a smart contract. Domain names are part of a smart contract on a blockchain. Smart contract issues domain names. You store them inside of your wallet. They're ERC-721 tokens like a 
like CryptoKitties or any of these other NFTs, and the website content is stored on IPFS or another decentralized storage network. So what's happening is, is hundreds or thousands of people are all storing uh, a copy of your file, of your website file, or a piece of your website file. And because of that, no one person can take it down. Very interesting kind of way of putting it. So where do you see the space going? Do you, do you, are, you, are you finding that some of those that have been in the traditional centralized model are now coming over? I mean, what have you seen? So we're in phase one. We're in the early adopter phase. And the early adopter phase is all about crypto people. So there's, you know, 50 million plus uh, people around the world that are active crypto users. Uh, those are the people that are focused right now on the decentralized web. And it's for, for some obvious reasons. Uh, one is like, let's say you're a, you're a DeFi app. And what is, it, what uh, is and a DeFi? What does DeFi mean? So DeFi, decentralized finance. So you've probably seen... Uh, a bunch of lending lending applications that have come out over the past year. There's Compound, there's many, many others that have got a lot of traction. And uh, they have, essentially what you're doing is, is you're interacting with a smart contract instead of interacting with a company uh, in order to do your lending. And the front end of their website, so the value proposition of a decentralized app is, uh, no one can take this down. We can't even interfere with it. You can just interact directly with our smart contract and you can use our service. No one can stop you. But in order to get to that, in order to get to that application, you need to type in a .com website, which can go down or get blocked. And let's say your lending contract is going to expire in 24 hours uh, and then the website goes down. What happens? If the website goes down, that means that you could lose your money. So it's a very big problem for dApps. Dapps need to be able to have a secure, uh, always up way in order to have their users access the website. Got it. So that's being first. We're seeing crypto people. We're seeing bloggers, like crypto bloggers. And you can go and put up, it's like decentralized medium. You can put up a blog post. No one can take it down but you. It doesn't matter how controversial what you say is. Uh, it's up there until you take it down. Now, are you finding that freedom of speech is more under a threat today than ever before? Uh, definitely. I mean, I think it's a good time to be in the apocalyptic technology business, unfortunately, for the world. Um, I think that we have gone, I think that the pattern over the past five years, at least, has been a strong push towards authoritarianism around the world. And I think one of the reasons for this is the internet itself. Like, if you, we've watched tech companies, we've watched social media companies, they control all of our data. They share it with governments all over the world. Uh, the governments have been using this to increase their power. And I think we've seen this in China. We've seen this in Russia. We've seen this. I think we've seen this in the United States. I think we're seeing this all over the world. And it's partially because the internet is centralized. It makes centralized governments able to use all of that data sitting in one place to their own benefit. And if the people had their own data, that wouldn't even be possible. And you know what's interesting? So I was having this conversation with someone recently who said, well, Dustin, I'm not doing anything wrong, so I'm okay with people getting access to my data. I mean, why is data so important and valuable, and why shouldn't you be so quick to just allow it to be taken away or given away? Well, let's just start with a very simple example. So right now, Facebook has all of your social media data. Well, because Facebook has all of your social media data, they essentially have a monopoly on the social media application. Facebook.com is the only place you can go to 
in order to interact with social media. There's no competition. They have a monopoly. They haven't had to improve their service. And it's been continuing. They've been continuing to increase their monopoly rather than increase the quality of their service. If you controlled your data and gave Facebook.com permission to access it under certain circumstances, there would be 50 Facebooks and they would all be competing and they would all be competing and continuing to get better. But that hasn't happened. Technology is no longer getting better when you allow these monopolies to form and their monopoly is really just a data monopoly. Same thing. And then, so that's the, like, that's, what's bad for you, the user. Now, if you're doing something that Facebook objects to, you're going to get censored. And when you get censored by Facebook, you're off the internet. So if you don't control your own data, Facebook controls your data. And then Facebook decides what's okay to say and what's not okay to say. Then when Facebook decides against you, you're gone. You're erased. Same thing with YouTube. YouTube is the place YouTube stores all of your videos. If YouTube decides that what you said in your video is inappropriate, you're gone from the internet. Same thing. If we switch that dynamic around to where we control our data and we give YouTube permission, there's going to be 50 YouTubes and people who who are saying something that may be controversial but needs to be heard will get out, whereas in the current model, it won't. And, and these, are, these are legal conversations in and around the world that are getting shut down constantly. Uh, as a result of social media applications deciding. And whoever thought that it was going to be the job of a social media application to decide where the line for free speech was. That's right. That does not that, that doesn't seem, you, you, yeah, because then, you, right, then you've got pods of people ultimately agreeing, okay, what's the word of the day that people aren't allowed to say? Or, or what's the topic that's that's causing too much? Or go, well, but what my definition of something that would be you don't say or do is diff- going to be different than yours. I mean, who gets to decide right or wrong when there's a human being involved? This is totally right. And I think that people have been very afraid of this idea that you uh, would open up the Internet more. But I think that it's actually a lot less scary than people think, because what's really going to happen is not that Facebook is going to stop filtering out bad content. What's going to happen is is that Facebook is going to have one definition of where the line for free speech is. And then 20 other Facebooks are going to have different lines and those are going to compete in the market. And then we're going to have competition for what is the best filtering? What is the most appropriate balance of free speech versus safety? And if you and I disagree, or if you and I have different standards, we're going to use different apps and we're effectively going to have different internets and people around the world can have different views on what's okay and what's not okay to say. And all of those views can live simultaneously together in the world. Whereas right now, you have to pick one. You have to pick one view of the internet for everyone. And this is, uh, this is untenable. And because we've given a small number of people this much power, they're using it and they're abusing it. And this was inevitable that, 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 that they would abuse There's it. There's nothing new they- under the sun, Brad. I mean, th- this has happened before, has it not? That Nate changed the industry. Could it be, be the banking sector to, uh, to, to shipping to all over the world from insurance that when too much power is in the hands of a few, well, then those few will take advantage of the rest. That for those that claim that they live in a democracy or that they want, that they care about the people go, but if a few people hold all the cards, well, then the, the people will not benefit from that. And, and the domain name system and the web system has, it's 25, 30 years old. It is, it is not benefiting from new technology, but but at the same time, it wasn't it it wasn't designed to work through all of these problems. 
they were trying to just get started. They were trying to just have a way for people to be able to find websites. They weren't thinking ultimately about who was going to decide which websites could stay up and which couldn't. And what wound up happening is uh, GoDaddy, the registrars, plus you know Verisign, the owner of .com, plus a couple of other companies are, are, are have outsized influence over what's okay to say and what's not. And as a result, like we're, they're going around and policing the world and there's all kinds of wacky stories around this. There is a law in Turkey where there are 150 words that you're not allowed to post on a website. Uh, one of them is gay. Another one of them is naked. And so it is not even illegal activity in Turkey. Uh, it's policing moral activity in particular. Uh, in Spain, the Spanish government went and shut down the .cat registry, which was being used by the Catalonian independence movement. They were trying to break away from Spain. They went in and raided the company that was running the .cat registry. They arrested the CTO for sedition uh, and put him on trial and shut down all the websites. This is in the European Union, in a, you know, in a in a Western democracy. That's not supposed to happen. I mean, but well, I would say under most people, they just can't be. The person had to have been breaking laws. That they had to have been doing something so bad, or at least isn't that the herd mentality? That they assume, well, there had to be a good reason behind it. And it all depends on your morality. But that's the whole point: is that why is the domain name system deciding on morality? Like. You could say that it was immoral for Catalonia to try to break away from Spain. You could say that it's moral for them to do it. I have no idea. But I do know that the domain name system and the domain name companies are, should not be the ones deciding that answer to that question. Now, absolutely. So where do you see it going forward? I mean, we now live in a world where there's a lot of eyes that are watching you at all time, that they decide who's good, who's bad. So if you step into this new space and you, you decide to get a domain, you're still under the laws of which you live in wherever you are in your country. Um, but how do you know that you won't be flagged? I mean, are you doing something that the governments are against by buying a decentralized website? I don't think that governments in particular care yet about the decentralized web. Uh, I think we're, you know, it's, it's, you know, it was the same thing with crypto. You know, like the first thing you do is you ignore it and you dismiss it and you laugh at it. And then eventually you start to accommodate it and eventually it starts to take over. Uh, I think it's, we're in early days for decentralized web. I don't think anyone cares. Um, I don't see how it could be banned. It would be like banning crypto and it's decentralized tech. So you can, you know, even if it is banned in a country, it can still move around, you know, because all you need to do is download an open source wallet or something. So I think it's very hard to, to ban it, but I also don't even know that that's, I, I have no, I have no reason to believe that that's the direction that it's going to go. I think that uh, what people are saying on specific websites will become controversial and people will want to block those websites. The difference is you won't be able to take them down. You won't be able to take them off the internet, but you will be able to go and tell some browser in your, who's based in your country, Hey, you can't resolve this website. It's illegal. Or you can't resolve this website. It's objectionable. So it's not to say that there won't be filtering. There will be filtering, but it'll still be there on the blockchain. So the difference is the browser will say, hey, I'm sorry, we don't want to read that record off the blockchain. It can get us in trouble or it's inappropriate or we think it's bad or whatever. But it doesn't change the fact that that record's still there on the blockchain. And some other app can make some other decision. Or you personally can go and get a resolver and read the record yourself. 
So it changes the power structure. Now, that's a great way of putting it. And I'm finding, going back to the YouTube conversation you pointed out, that there are many people that have made their livelihoods on YouTube, that their income, that everything about them, their identity, their business has been designed and built around it. And again, YouTube can do whatever they want. It's their company. It's their, their rules. But you're giving away all that power to somebody. Uh, and I'm now finding that the space is coming out with these sorts of ideas, this decentralized that why would you want to give all the power away to one company that can say, hey, the, the kind of the rules have changed or we don't like it, what you're doing. So where do you see content creators starting to, to trend? And then also uh, Brad Garlinghouse, he uses the term Internet of value. What does that mean? So I think content creators are absolutely, absolutely going to be early adopters of the decentralized web uh, because they, they need it. And like, I mean, if you if you've been following along with what's been happening with the YouTube crypto creators, there have been dozens that have been kicked off or deplatformed. And each time it happens, it happens in this crazy way. You just get shut down, no notification. YouTube doesn't call you and say, hey, you know, you violated this policy and that policy. You know, here's your first warning or, uh, hey, just to let you know, like, we might need to take this down. They turn you off. You're gone. You're erased from the Internet. You reach out to them a few times. They ignore you. Eventually, they turn the switch back on because I guess it turned out it was too controversial to have taken you down or whatever. No, no communication and, and, and you're back. But who knows when the switch is going to get turned off again. So there is this huge problem around censorship of crypto content uh, all around the world. And content creators are taking that very seriously. But I think the other thing that's really important for content creators is that a domain name, so I have brad.crypto. Uh, I've attached my crypto addresses to my domain name along with uh, my decentralized website. So you can send me Bitcoin. You can send me Ethereum. You can send me BCH. You can send me Litecoin. You can send me 60 different currencies all to my domain name as well. And so what's going to wind up happening is me as the content creator, I'm going to say, hey, go check out my check out my website, check out this video. And, um, you know, it'd be great. You know, I would love a tip if you like my video. And you can send me, you know, 25 cents, 50 cents, dollar worth of, of, of Bitcoin or something. Uh, or, uh, you know, first 30 seconds of this video is free, uh, but then, you know, you got to pay a dollar to watch the rest of it, something like that. So there's so much here that content creators need that just doesn't work in the regular world. And so that's the reason why I think they're going to be very, they're going to be very early on as part of, uh, as adopters in this. And we're already working on some things around this. Uh, but paywalls for content, I mean, like, if you've been in the crypto world for a while, you'll know, like, people were building versions of this in, like, 2013. Like, this is this is something that is just, like, dead obvious uh, to the crypto world. Uh, and it's finally coming because now we have this structure around, you know, you can go and you can view a website. You can access it through some browsers now. There's a lot, we're a lot further along in terms of getting all these pieces together. That, that's, that's fantastic. So. Talk about the aha moment for you. All right, this crazy idea hit your head. I want to start this company. Like, what did it take to execute? I mean, I love the entrepreneurial type mind. People out there that have an idea. How did you get it out of your head? And then talk about your schedule. Like, what does it take to become Brad from Unstoppable Domains? How many hours a day do you got to put in? I mean, do you ever get to turn it off? Uh, you definitely don't get to turn it off. Uh, but the genesis of this company idea uh, was... Uh, Matt, my co-founder, uh, had been talking for 
uh, had been looking very closely at Ethereum and at smart contracts, and in particular at accessing uh, decentralized applications, and realized that the problem was they don't have names. And that with the regular internet, if you want to go and find an application, it has a name. And there was no consumer internet before domain names, because how would you tell your friend? Would you tell your friend, go check out 43.372.258? It would have never happened. No. And so this that was the beginning of the consumer internet. And the same thing is true for, for crypto networks. And crypto networks are more complicated. There's 40 character addresses and hashes for everything. There's dozens of different networks. That's very that complicated, by the way. I mean, there, there pe people look at it that are in the crypto space and go, it's easy, I go, but it's easy for you because you've been doing this for a while. But somebody coming in new, it's very complicated. It turns off lots of individuals from different age groups that you found a way to make it easy. So talk me through the process. I, I go to the website, Unstoppable Domains, and is this like I'm accustomed to in the past of opening up a GoDaddy account? I mean, is it simple or is it really complex? It's simple. Uh, you go through, you don't even need an account if you don't want to. All you, need is a, all you need is a wallet to send your domain to. You can create an account to make it easier on our end though. You go to unstoppabledomains.com. You search for a domain in the search bar, just like you would expect. Uh, you can check out, you can pay with crypto, pay with most cryptos, you can pay with credit card even. Uh, you claim a domain to your wallet. Uh, the domain is stored inside of your wallet. Again, it's an ERC-721 token. Uh, you go into the manage section. It says, add your, dom add, add your website to your domain. We even have little templates. We've got a little WYSIWYG editor where you can build a simple profile website. You can build a simple blog website. There's a whole bunch more uh, templates like that coming soon. But you don't need to be a developer. You don't need to be technical. You don't even need to confront the crypto part directly except for the claiming to your wallet. Claiming to your wallet part, you do need to have a wallet. The domain needs to go somewhere. So that's the piece. That's the only crypto e piece. But we have seen, we have a lot of users who downloaded a MetaMask wallet for the first time in order to do this. Like it is, it is, it is possible for your crypto amateurs to use this tech and start playing around. And I think the reason why is because it really, the form that it takes is actually quite similar to the old world. It's really just that the architecture underneath is completely different. But like domain name plus website hosting service, I think most of us have experienced that, you know, have been playing around with tools in that area for, you know, 20 years, something like that. So that stuff is pretty is pretty evolved. And so if you if you keep that piece of the experience very similar to what people are used to, and you just change what the underlying infrastructure is, uh, it's going to be a little clunkier, but it'll get there eventually. It'll be even easier than the old world. And what's even better is it's a one time fee. And this idea of subscriptions was introduced in the traditional domain name world because you had this licensed group, you had ICANN that was doing a essentially giving you permission and providing some sort of ongoing service. None of that is necessary because you're just putting the domain name on the blockchain. So you don't need any of that. And if you don't have a subscription, it means that you control it completely forever. You don't need to worry about paying. You don't need to worry about next year. You don't need to worry about the registry could change the price and make it harder for you to keep the domain. All of that stuff is gone. As long as the blockchain is there in 20 years, that domain is still yours doesn't matter what Unstoppable Domains does. doesn't matter if we go out of business. 
Cheers. Brad, thank you so much for sharing your story on the Bitcoin.com podcast. Thanks so much for having me. You've listened to another episode of the Bitcoin.com podcast. Subscribe at news.bitcoin.com, where your journey begins.